If you're a physician who wants more autonomy in how you practice or fulfillment in your life, you're in the right place. This is the Change Physician Podcast, where our guests reveal how you can learn the mindsets, skills, and strategies to create the life you want without selling out your morals or values. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you at thechangephysician.com. This is The Change Physician, episode 226. Hey, folks, welcome back to The Change Physician. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Kukara, with my Amazeballs co-host, Dr. Amazeballs herself, Melissa Katie. <laughs> Dr. Katie, how are you today? <laughs> I'm great. I'm just <laughs> waiting for my my ne- next nickname. <laughs> your next nickname? I, I, I think you're going to be stuck with Amazeballs for a while, you know? Yeah. Well, That's a good one. I'll, I'll let you do You have privilege for that. I'll say the <laughs> challenge, doctor. You could say Dr. Amazeballs. <laughs> <laughs> it's very descriptive you know the change, balls. change is okay sometimes yeah um, yeah uh, so actually i want to talk about change and and so we we have previously done some episodes on like uh things that changed you or books that changed you podcasts that i think i don't know if we did podcasts but places that changed you that kind of a thing and we we're kind of tossing back like trying to figure out well are there other like specific events and and you mentioned something you're like, you know, I, sometimes I just, you just look back and all of a sudden there's change. And it made me think about, we almost have like traumatic change, hmm. which, which is there's an, and I'm using trauma more in a term of kind of sudden, obvious pinpoint that things have changed from this date. Okay. And those can be traumatic and oftentimes they are, but they may not be, but they're sort of like the flashbulb moment of change. Like something has to change. But on the other hand though, I think the other one that is much more insidious and much more common is sort of that transitional change that occurs through habits and behaviors that we've done that you that is so slow in onset that you may not even recognize that it's occurring until you take that moment of awareness and you say like, uh, whoa, wait a second. Things are a lot different than they used to be. Um, on a Saturday salutations, you had mentioned something like this and I brought up the, the talking head song. Uh, which, which I just totally forgot the beginning of the, of what the name of the song is, but it has, you know, many good days gone by. And it's the same idea that if you just keep doing these things over and over and over again, all of a sudden you may end up in a different place than you anticipated. And that can be either good or bad. Right. So from a change standpoint, uh, it reflects on a lot of the things that we talk about with the main one doing is those small day-to-day actions. What are your habits today? And how do they influence your future? So how do we, if change is slow in the vast majority of cases and change occurs at such a slow pace that we don't recognize it, what can we do now in order to kind of promote the activities that brings about more of a intentional change rather than an unintentional change? Yeah, well, you have to be aware of where you want to go. Like, where do you want to be? Like, I'm just thinking of, I'm probably the least fit I've been um, or strength-wise than I've been in the past. And I prefer to be leaner and stronger. So what are those habits? What are those daily things? And so there has to be an int- you know, goal, intentionality, understanding of those steps, which many of us know a lot of times. Um, so I think you have to to just start doing them even if it's not come, like with the intentionality, you just start do that, doing them. That's just one example of change. Obviously, there's a lot of types of things that you can change. You can change your environment where you live, your relationships, get rid of bad habits, or just start instituting new habits. 
um, or getting a new job or getting out of a career that doesn't serve you, um, all of those things. But those insidious things you're talking about, it's funny. It, these are like just small little trajectory changes that need to be consistently done. Otherwise, you just start and you just fall right back in that old pattern. You're not really going to make any you know, significant change. Um, what was, what was your specific question? Um, cause I have, well, I, I was like, well, how do you, and, and you touched on it, right? Cause the thing is, well, if we know that most change is unintentional, or I should say not is unintentional, but it Insidious. proceeds at such a rate that it's, that it's kind of unaware, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how, what are the steps that we can do now in order to, in order so that we wake up, become aware you know, a year, two years, three years down the line at a place that we want to be rather than a place that we may not necessarily want to be, you know? Yeah. Well, it makes me also think about, you have to understand the connections. Cause if your belief, if you don't really understand that your energy levels, your overall wellness, I guess, for lack of a, you know, just a generalized word, if you don't realize that your excessive drinking, your lack of sleep, your lack of activity, your lack of friendships, your or healthy relationships. If you don't recognize that those things are contributing to the life that you're not enjoying, then you don't even know that you need to change those things. So it's like, you have to almost have to put it down on paper to really, uh, or someone that can help you reflect on things. Cause sometimes we're in denial of the things and our beliefs keep us right where we're at. But to make those changes, you have to be aware of how your habits very insidiously affect your life. And of course, being as physicians, your health in general, we, we know, we see this all the time with chronic ailments and people don't attribute what they're doing or not doing as part of that equation. I know family and friends who specifically hang on to the idea of genetics as if they have no app, no control or ability to change anything about themselves. It drives me crazy because they have a very self-limiting kind of mindset and they don't have the potential to change because they're just stuck in this belief. And so we've talked about beliefs all the time, but I think that is the intangible before the tangibles happen. So we start with this belief, we have to understand and disconnect that. And that might take somebody else guiding you through a process to what we talked about last time, believe in the process or believe, believe in the process before you can believe in yourself and potentially change your beliefs. So I think that is like the mother, (laughs) like major part of this. And then everything else is just you know, you go through the routine, stay consistent because in order to maintain those changes and to get to a different destination, you have to maintain that. And then sometimes you have to pivot and realize, well, this is not how my body's responding. I need to change this mentally, physically, whatever it is your goal is. Um, But uh, um, yeah, I think um, like you said at the beginning, change, when I think of traumatic change, me recognizing finally waking up it may have been insidious for many years but i finally woke up to the fact that the person in my life was very unhealthy for me it took maybe another event outside myself to see other people impacted on it for me to finally open my eyes and to finally leave that 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 change was 
immediate, I mean, it was, it was a decision right then, a decision to leave that relationship. There was no turning back. And that was the most impactful, biggest change of my life. Although I could have said that the choice to be with that person that was insidious was probably the, not, was like the worst decision to make, but because I was already in it, probably the most traumatic thing for me to change is to get out of a bad uh, marriage. And so, um, but the insidious stuff is what creeps up on you. Um, getting into bad relationships can be very insidious, especially if you're naive and you don't see the writing on the wall yet. So um, I think we could pull a lot of examples out, Kevin, about, you know, you know, all kinds of bad habits or needing to do good habits for better wellness um, and relationships obviously apply to that as well. Um, and the insidious nature of the golden handcuffs and a, a job that you feel tied to mainly because of the money, but it's not serving your soul. It's crushing you. It's in literally um, you're kind of, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're just going through the motions Um I find all that, all the stuff's very insidious and, um, it can take, it could take a lot to re reshift your, your trajectory. And that's that, that, that shift has so much, uh, an, is that inertia is that what we're looking for? It's just resistance. It is, it was one of the hardest things I, it was luckily I was kind of in a situation even for work stuff. And I know there's people out there I, I've talked to recently that are just, they're not happy with where they're at, you know? And to make that shift, that uncertainty, that fear, the things that have held them there, it's that pain of, do you want the pain now or the pain later? Like there's just so many things you have to constantly evaluate. But any thoughts? I keep running. <laughs> well, it, 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 I threw a, a lot, lot of, of stuff things. out there. Well, there, there, there is, but that just came that sort of reinforced kind of the primary idea that, that I, that I wanted to do this episode on. And that's the fact for this insidious change mm -hmm. and insidious change is so easy to, and is so easy to occur because of this lack of awareness. And then to kind of be in these day-to-day -day actions, sort of the easy decisions to kind of maintain what I need to do today without recognizing that what you do today is going to affect what you're going to do tomorrow. Yeah. And the number, so the, the, the kind of fix for this that, that I was thinking about is like, well, what's the, when you're thinking about change and you're thinking, or, you know, change position, you're thinking about change and we have acute kind of a, either epiphany related change or traumatic related change. Like, mm -hmm. holy smokes, I need to do that. Like that's a positive epiphany and I'm going to change and do and whatever. Maybe you heard a motivational speaker and it just clicked or traumatic change. Like the one you were talking about where you're like, this is so crappy. I got to do something because this, I simply can't survive it anymore. Yeah. And those, we think about those all the time and those are very important, but I think this kind of insidious sort of habitual change, like everything else is not as obvious, but is way more important to the long-term, like to your long-term health, well-being, where you're going to be. Cause it's, it's, um, and the number one thing for that, like you're thinking about mindsets and beliefs and stuff, is you have to actually have an idea that change is possible. Right. Right. So you have to actually believe that change is possible. So the people who, if you're thinking about, okay, I'm, I'm, we're putting this in, in the, the main divisions we talk about well on, on, on this podcast. We got health, we got wealth, we got relationships, and you have your personal growth, right? 
And that personal growth is really, really key because it reflects in all the other three. And the key to that personal growth is actually recognizing that change is possible. So if you have somebody with a fixed mindset, we have done, I think way back in season one, we talked about fixed versus change mindsets. People who believe in genetics is the being the be all end all of what you are for your health or people that believe that this is just the type of person I am, or because of this, my family is doomed to this particular path. It is incredibly difficult to change from an aware standpoint. Right. Um, So you just have to be confident that you can change something. If you are... And if you're, if you sort of divide yourself into those four categories, you have to believe that you can change your health. You have to believe that you can change your, your wealth or what's your financial being. You have to believe that you can change your relationships or to actually approach those in an intentional way, uh, which is sort of counter to the, to the regular culture. It's like, oh, you just, you know, Disney princess or Disney prince and you fall in love and it's all happily ever bullshit. Sorry. Uh, I can't remember. I think we're explicit on, <laughs> Thank I, think you, we're explicit. <laughs> I think we are explicit on iTunes. So hopefully you don't get flagged for that. But we, that is such a disservice because for relationships, there's this idea that some, I mean, people can be very change mindset to these other things, but they can default on the, on to a fixed for the relationship one, simply because they're being poisoned by the movie saying that, oh, it should be easy. We should just, they should just love me for who I am. They should just magically, you know, and um, that simply isn't the case. And if you, if, and if you don't have that awareness of change, and I'm not saying you're going to change the other person, but change how you interact in relationship so that you can grow with somebody, you're, the, the likelihood of successful relationships for you, if you've come from a, say, maybe a family of divorce or a family where there hasn't been really successful, you have no models around you that you unconsciously, you know, unconsciously begin those behaviors, you're going to be in bad shape. Yeah. Um. So I think just being aware that change is possible, I think is num- is kind of like step one to sort of be more intentional about the slow change. And then the second thing that you touched on was targeting. You have to know kind of where you want to go yeah. if, if you want to at least start to craft the behaviors that you want to get there. So I would, again, I would, you know, health, wealth, relationships and self. And, and if you start with just one of those, it's okay, well, where do I want to be health-wise? Yeah. Well, if I'm 20 pounds overweight, I actually know I want to be less than that. So what is it, what, what are the habits and behaviors that I can go to support that on a day-to-day basis? And I would simply monitor those simple activities. Like, am I doing, you know, 20 push-ups a day, or am I doing some squats? Am I walking half a mile a day? Am I taking the stairs at work every time rather than maybe every time I go up, I take the stairs. And if I go down, I'll take the elevator, something easy that you're doing on a day-to-day basis to maintain that. Yeah. Um, I think that's sort of sort of the key is first focusing on can you change? Yes, we can all change. When we talk about the real resiliency of the human body and brain. Two, where is it that you want to go, which gets which can sometimes be a lot tougher than you think, but just having a general idea where you want to go. And then three, what are the day-to-day actions that are either going to promote where you want to go or are consistent with that person? you know, future you over there, future me, if I'm losing 10 pounds, future me is going to be doing, it's probably eating better. It's probably, uh, be more physically active is probably getting more sleep, you know? And so what, so if I'm going to be that future me, I need to start those behaviors that future me does then and just pull them into the now. Yep. Now I was just thinking about the visual part of human beings. Cause it's so funny how we always get 
caught up in realizing that the tangible stuff seems much easier to comprehend. It's the intangibles, the insidious, our, our flaws, human beings many times is this, you know, how focused we are visually. I mean, just look at the history of mankind. I mean, even visual stuff can make us treat people not right. I mean, there's, there's just so much that we, it's like we need overt, obvious visual to guide our life. And if we're not aware and kind of like, like think about things and be aware and not just emotionally reactive and just overtly visual all the time, you're not going to pick up on this little stuff you're talking about. Um, so I just, I'm always, I'm always, I'm fascinated by some of the weirdest phenomenon, like pain. Like I find it fascinating. I find intangible stuff fascinating. I found in my teenage years or college years looking at people and how the visual part wasn't just the visual. I was trying to interpret how they use their bodies based on their, how they posture, how they walk. I could, you know, ballerinas tend to have, you know, their feet a little bit out, like those things, like trying to dig deep into those behind things. So I'm kind of strange in that way, I guess, but, but there's something um, interesting about how we fixate on overtly obvious visual stuff. And we get into trouble when we don't do the reverse and and look at the intangibles and um, reflect on those things. Um, I can't say I was the best at reflecting per se earlier in my life. Um, but, what, what do you, said, but what do you mean by reflecting on intangibles? I like kind of do that a little bit how more. How important some of the or insidious things are or the intangibles of... Um, um, they're not like physically in front of you, like, but more like processes and actions. Um, well, like little actions. Um, so I wouldn't say it's completely intangible, but it's not like a physical thing overtly happening in front of you or giving you the answer. It's like this, how you're believing in things, how you're um, interpreting things, because we've always talked about how those things can create certain actions or behaviors based on your beliefs. So I guess from an intangible, it'd probably be best to define more of like your beliefs and you can't like just pick it up off the floor. <laughs> it's like, it's in our heads. So but I just feel like there's just so much here that's creating or, or not allowing change to happen. Well, and that, that comes back to that root again about mindsets and beliefs and, and awareness of sort of how your brain works. Right. Because right. uh, if I had to pick anything, um, well, there's two, there's, you have your beliefs and you have behaviors, right? And they send it to, to, and you can institute change through either one. Like you can either change your beliefs, which is incredibly hard to do, or you can change your behaviors, which is much easier to do. And then those are kind of each mold each other. Um but what I think you're basically just saying is, is being more aware of what you believe now is true when it comes to whatever, uh, whatever action it is. Like if you don't believe that you deserve to be loved, you are highly unlikely to pursue someone who loves you the way that you probably like think that humans deserve, like unconditional love kind of thing. You're going to find someone who also believes that you probably don't deserve to be loved and they're going to abuse you for it. If you don't believe that um, that you can make money, or I or or not uncommon at all, it, um, believe that money is associated with societal ills, or that you know all wealthy people are horrible people, 
you're going to start sabotaging yourself on the way that your income comes. Um, yeah. I, I know that that one's, I, I actually struggle with that one all the time. I have this, there is a perception. Um, there's a belief I have around money that cognitively I can understand that, that if you provide value, you should get paid for it. But there's another part of me that sees there's a massive lot of abuse with, with, with some members of society and high finances um, that it struggles. Like it, it really, it really kind of, it makes a struggle for me around that kind of that monetary yeah. thing. And then certainly if you don't believe that you can either sustain physical activity or that believe that your body is completely broken or that your genetics are in such a, such a way that you cannot do healthy activities in order to create and promote a healthy you, you're not going to do those actions either. Um, and that one actually can, it's interesting on the health standpoint, how that one can reflect again on this idea of not being loved in history of trauma. And I'm thinking about like when the original ACEs study came out, it was that whole the, uh, adverse child events, which was, for those who don't know, it's a very simple score where they see childhood trauma that you were experienced to. And the higher your score is, the more associated with some pretty significant physiologic effects. But the root of that study came from an obesity clinic because you were finding that these people who were morbidly obese coming in for obesity-related treatment had a high, high, high degree of trauma associated with that. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I, it, it, just being kind of aware of, well, what do you believe to be true about yourself? Yeah. Is um, <laughs> self-awareness, another key thing about the the change position. Yeah, well, you can't, you can't. I mean, can't talk about change without awareness. I mean, that's sometimes things can happen. You may not. Now, the, the, interestingly, if the areas in your life that need maybe a, a different person came to your life and they were and you, you suddenly have an amazing relationship and emotionally supported and you didn't intentionally seek that out. Then you start realizing all these other parts of your life are looking better. You're you know, like your pain is gone and and you're more fit or, I mean, I'm not saying that's a direct correlation, but I'm just saying like these people are suddenly they're changing everything they're doing in their life because now they have this area they didn't even realize and weren't aware that this was important. And by circumstance, all these other parts of their lives have, and I've seen that happen in people and, and the recognition awareness didn't happen till after. And they realized how important that was. And I think the pandemic did the opposite too. Like you start realizing we didn't give enough credit to our communities and our relationships and, you know, human contact and all these things. And then you start realizing how crappy your life feels right now. Like sometimes we learn things <laughs> not intentionally. It just happens. Well, so, so change by chance definitely occurs. Yeah, right? we, that is... And yeah. But but the problem I don't like about um I the I think positive change through chance obviously that's great. Yeah. The problem is if we rely mostly we if we don't even think about intentional change. I mean we don't think about this, but there's people out there who just kind of like, oh well, this is what I do every day and then if something gets better or not, it's like, oh wow, that's amazing and or not, but they're not really actually aware of what change is. And so if you're, if you're, if your sort of life is designed by change through chance, that to me can be like a big risky road to go down, right? Cause then you're like a pinball being fling, fling, flinged all over yeah. the place um, versus, versus intentional change and more specifically be aware of change because there are people who have had change by chance, but then they're not aware 
of how that change or that how that chance changed them. Does that make any yeah, sense? Yeah. And if you're not aware, it's like, wait a second, my life is much better now. You're gonna pop up that level of awareness again. Um, if something occurs, it's easy to fall back again. You know, maybe they lose that relationship, maybe something else goes on, maybe they, you know, they default. So that that it's just a long way to say is change by chance occurs, but through all change, the more aware you are that something is happening, yes, the more positive and more con the more sense of control you can have, and the more intentionality you can pursue. Right. It's it reminds me of this internal locus of control. If you if you harness that and realize you can actually make your life better a lot faster, if you feel like you have the ability to you know, change variables and do the things you need to do versus this victim mentality, or I'm just a, you know, I'm just the external thing where you think you're just everything about your life is because of everything else on the outside affecting you um, and not taking and harnessing that capacity to change on your own, recognizing the things that are making you better or not so good. And and sometimes there there is a little bit of trial and error there too. Like, you know, whether it's a physical, you know, challenge or whatever, you start recognizing how your body responds to various things or people or environments. And, and if you're aware of those things, you can, you know, choose and select the things you do or don't do to help yourself. But um, yeah, there's a big problem with not having a sense of that self-efficacy to be able to help yourself and um, recognizing what is good for you. Yeah. Well, and so that if if you don't have, let's just say maybe your your personal belief system, like it, it, it means it's really easy to say, like you say, oh, you have a change mindset, or you got to believe that you can, you're worthy of love, right? And um, and I kind of divide that's the cognitive and the emotion, right? So so the cognitive element is having the the knowledge, but the emotion is really full engagement in the belief, like. There's a difference between knowing something and believing something is super true. Mm -hmm. Like when you believe something to your core, you're going to do whatever it is that's aligned with that versus, oh, I believe that um, eating sugar is bad for me, uh, but I'm going to have whatever, a Coke or a soda or, or something, right? Because you you believe and you know it, you know that it may not be good for you, but you don't have that really deep crushing like that core identity belief that 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 resonates fully through your body and to get that level of belief is incredibly difficult mm -hmm. and if you have something that's rooted in there say no self-love or believe in genetics or that your body's completely broken to change that core identity belief man that is so hard um yeah uh, <laughs> It's like I have spent so much time trying to figure that out, like yeah. so long. And and unless somebody, if you have, if you know some magic source out there, let me know because I've literally been looking for decades. Um, I'm kind of glad it doesn't occur because if you had that secret power that you can change core identity beliefs, you it would be intoxicatingly oh, be powerful. Like you would be a cult leader on the on steroids. You could sell anything. You could do anything. So it's probably good that it's not out there. Um. But for someone who may not who has those self-limiting beliefs, I was trying to think, well, what do you do? And the best solution for that is probably modeling. Yeah. And so cool with it. well, yeah. So you may not think it's okay. So let's think from a health-related standpoint. You may believe your body's broken and damaged or whatever, but if you can identify and say, well, 
here's this person that I admire and they're doing this. And I don't think I can really achieve that, but they're, I'm going to do what they do. And that could be some simple exercise program to start that and to hopefully, once you do that habitual path to start changing those beliefs that are associated with that, which I think we did an episode on that mm -hmm. self-justification. Um, in the same way as um, like relationships, I, my, I'm, I'm a kid of divorce, right? So my, my parents got divorced. Um, it wasn't like uh, it, 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 here I am going to devalue it because we always do this thing of like, well, it wasn't that bad. And, and as compared to some families, it obviously wasn't that bad. But I was very aware early on because it, at my age in that era, there weren't a ton of people who had gone through divorces at that time. And for whatever reason, I latched on to, well, okay, what is a healthy relationship? And so I started intentionally looking at like friends, parents and how they were engaging and what what these kind of relationships dynamics were um, very intentionally. Uh, and um, I don't, so that became, so it was a model. So I would model kind of what my thoughts of what marriage would be on these re relationships as I perceive them. Now, who knows what is going, you know, I think they were okay because they were friends, parents, and they, you know, it was, they, they had great lives. But I mean, that's what the, the power of modeling when you don't know what to do for yourself is like really powerful. Um, yeah. So again, whoever's out there, and if you're trying to think about change, and if you, you know, you want to change, but you're not sure it is, find someone else or at least an example of what you think. You're like, that looks good to me and model that. Uh, I already, now my problem is I just thought of danger of that. So, but I'm just going to stop for a second. <laughs> yeah, because they might be modeling the wrong thing. But... Well, and that's the problem with the internet, right? So the, yeah. the internet gives you all these models. Yeah. But it also has the problem of um, of, uh, of veracity, right? Truthfulness. Yeah. Are they Are they internet modeling or are they actually actually modeling? Yeah. Well, right. yeah. And many times the base we always talked about the brilliance of the system of our bodies and how it's adaptable if someone's trying to show you a quick fix um are there scenarios and something where people can change their lives rapidly maybe in decisions and what they're doing or whatever maybe but when it comes to changing your body and changing i mean you know uh slow insidious <laughs> slow insidious in the right direction <clears throat> is probably a, a wiser choice um, instead of, and not making it so miserable from the get-go that you associate negatively with that. Um, but like you said, if you're modeling someone that's doing it in a healthy way, meaning, you know, um, something that's takes, takes a time and develops a new habit, um, then you're kind of believing in the process before you're believing in yourself or changing your beliefs just by the nature of trusting or the admiration you have for that person that's helping guide you down that process, um, then I think that's reasonable. But any any other uh, comments or do you want to summarize kind of our... Our, uh, our discussion here? I don't want to say rant. I would say our passion well, about change. Well, I, our passion about change and our passion about awareness, right? Um, and, and change is going to occur no matter what. Yeah. The difference is, do you want that? Do you want to be aware of change and hopefully kind of steer that direction? 
or you want to be unaware of the process and then wake up again. Like, I love that, that talking head song stuck my head, just like, you know, <laughs> you know, what have I done? How did I get here? Kind of a thing, yeah. which I think, I think that is so common that happens yeah. to people, even if you're aware it happens yeah. when you're all of a sudden you're like, and that's okay. As long as you poke your head and said, Ooh, I, I'm here now. I don't necessarily want to be here now. So what am I going to start doing in order to, I can start moving over to where there is. Uh, and what we kind of talked about that one of the first steps there is actually having the, the understanding and the belief that change is possible. So whatever the kind of life domain that you're looking at, um, if you don't believe change is possible, that's the first step, I would say. And then you can fool yourself if you still don't believe it's possible by simply doing the actions of somebody who believes who are like, well, I don't believe it's possible for me, but you know, Joe or Jill over there, they're doing it. So I'm just going to pretend that's the fake it till you make it kind of thing. I'm just going to keep doing those straight, straight steps like them and see what happens. Um, the other part we talk about is again, that kind of awareness versus unawareness. Um, or I should say not unawares uh, versus unawares, but where you want to go. So what are the targets that you're trying to do? Right. So if you have an awareness that change is possible, you then have to have a next thing is, well, actually, what direction do you want to head off into? And that's where those targets go to. Um, I, I, I like writing things down um, with there's, you know, this whole idea of goal setting uh, there's, I mean, billion dollar businesses practically built on this stuff. Cause which tells you that nobody's really good at it because there's so many different potential ways to do it. Yeah. Uh, and there's no magic one way, but when you at least write down kind of this is the direction I want to go, there's an intentionality with that um, that at least provides you some direction. And then reviewing, that's the part that I think is really key is being able to review what you wrote down. And the weirdest thing about that is sometimes you'll like, do you, you, do you write down your goals? Yeah. So usually like long-term or, well, I do, I do a daily to-do list or a weekly or a monthly um, and then generally in my head, I think about like years out, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, daily, weekly, monthly, I usually have everything like written down or, um, put it in my Google calendar and kind of, so it's always like reminding me. You to-do list people are just amazing. I wish I was a to-do list person and I don't write down. I've been, it's almost I'm, a I, curse sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, it makes me think of an episode. Mindset. <laughs> what can you do with a to-do list? You could. There's a lot of things you could do with a to-do list to make a future you a better you kind of a thing pretty easily. Um, but for me personally, like I'll write things down, and I I am I'm not so good about the reviews, but I'll generally write down goals. And the weirdest thing, I swear to God, the the one of the weirder things is I'll come back and review them, and um it's the, the, to see the things that actually happened some of, and then what the other thing about it is the things that didn't happen you go okay wait a second this didn't happen then you move them to the next month <laughs> well beyond beyond I, you can move and rewrite them and i've done that yeah. many years in a row and nothing ever seemed to happen yeah. so but once you start seeing wait a second in this particular life domain i never seem to be Doing reaching this. or I, i'm not even making the progress i want in this area at least you start thinking, well, I need to do something different there. Yeah. So I, I'm a, a priority. Um, yeah. And I know I'm not like, there's people who are like super, super, super in like, do your year goals and then you do your month goals and then you break them down in quarters and stuff. And I've tried to do that. It didn't, it, I just, it was hard and I didn't, it didn't really resonate with me very well, but writing down where you want to go 
at least is going to improve a chance of awareness with it. And then when you come back, like hopefully not 10 years or 20 years or three, 30 mm -hmm. years later, but if you're doing it even on a yearly thing and you do it around the most classic date, which is like New Year's Eve, if you want to be really kind of cool, you can do it on Chinese New Year, maybe do that, uh, 4th of July, but it allows you at least to have only one year of data. And if, and if you've moved somewhere you don't want to be off that course, that's a pretty easy correction versus 10 years down the line. Yes. So change mindset or at least understanding change is possible, having targets that you want to go, and then really identifying those kind of steps, you know, you future you at that target, what are the activities that they're doing that you can do now? You know, uh, some of those are going to be easier than others. If it's physical activity, you can do some sort of daily physical activity every day. If it is health, or I should say if it's wealth, there's savings goals that you can easily build into your day-to-day -day thing. If it's relationship, it could be something as simply as hugging your spouse every day or kissing them. What was the new one from Gottman? Because I'm on those email lists. Yeah. Kissing your spouse for six seconds. A six-second kiss is supposed to be this, <laughs> this, this magical thing. But you're, you're, you're building in those steps every, every day. Um, and that's a way, I think, to really start getting intentional slow change as compared to the most more typical that people think about that traumatic or epiphany related change. Yeah. And I'll, to end it, I'll say there's nothing wrong with accountability and it's normal sometimes to struggle with uh, shifting things in your life. So um, if it's something physical and you, need, you have the resources to pay a personal trainer to have a time and on the calendar and consistent and all those things, or engage a friend and go on a walk to make yourself change some habits uh, while improving your relationship with that person. I mean, there's nothing wrong with um, building an accountability into your life uh, in your calendar and not just focused on just you or whatever it is that you tend to focus on in your life. So um, any last comments for take us out? Take us out there. Okay, out there. Um, well, thanks for joining us on The Change Physician. Again, I'm Melissa Katie, The Challenge Doctor, with my co-host, Dr. Kevin Kakaro. And if you don't know what The Change Physician is all about, you can go to thechangephysician.com and join us in that community, whether you're a physician or a physician ally. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care. Stay well, Thank folks. you for joining us today on The Change Physician Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.